you. It's go time. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs. He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports, 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 sports. Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Border to Border, 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here on this, the glorious of days for multiple reasons. Multiple reasons. Here in the capital city, first off, it is the best holiday of them all, Halloween. Uh, Hope everybody is preparing for a wonderful night, whether you celebrate it by going out trick-or-treating, whether you celebrate it uh, going to one of the local establishments, whether you celebrate it by sitting home, handing out candy, and uh, participating in the age-old tradition of trick-or-treating or or watching scary movies. Whatever it is, it is this the best of holidays. It is also another uh, great holiday today. It is officially the start of Maction, midweek Maction. Two college football games tonight as we've got Toledo and Buffalo, Central Michigan and Northern Illinois. And you don't care and you don't know anything about those teams, but you'll watch. It's college football. You'll be watching tonight. It is also trade deadline day in the NFL, and there has been some trades. We'll update you in just a moment. The commanders have made not one, but two trades that we'll get you updated on. There's been a couple that have just broken. We'll tell you about that as well. And... um. That's it. I mean, as the final day of the month of October, uh, as we head towards November, I know some of you like Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that stuff, but let's get through uh, Halloween first. Uh, 3270888, that is the phone number, that is the text line, 804 is the area code. I do want to give one PSA out. I've seen some people on Twitter, they're like, I'm not taking my kids trick-or-treating. Please do. It's one of the things that they look forward to the most. Like, we can all be very careful of what we ingest with regards to candy. Um, but please, let them go out and trick-or-treat and either go with them or, or let them go with their friends. Uh, I found out recently that my parents switched out all my candy. That basically I went out trick-or-treating. We did the whole separating thing, like set, laid it out over the table. I got one or two pieces, and then apparently they threw it all out and replaced it with other candy. I didn't realize that. Um, there's all sorts of things. Just know you don't eat any candy that's, uh, open. You don't eat any candy that the package looks distressed and you don't eat any loose candy. That's it. I mean, let's have fun. Stop trying. So you're saying they bought the same candy at the store throughout the other stuff. No possible razor. They, they bought just candy in general and just, I don't even know to this day. I don't know because obviously as a kid, you're lightning sharp. You're like, all right, I got five Milky Ways, five of this, five of that. And then somehow like they Pulled one over on me. I didn't. I don't know. It's something I recently learned. But please let the kids go out and have trick or treating. It's it's cold. It's dark. It's damp. But it's like perfect for Halloween. Um, so that's just my one PSA. Um, we got a lot to get into on the show today. There's a lot of news and notes type of things. There's all sorts of stuff. Uh, we are going to have a guest. Earlier today, I caught up with uh, Jalen Green of James Madison. He's a terror in his own right because um, he's absolutely uh, incredible when it comes to the defensive line for the JMU Dukes. And um, we'll play that interview next segment. He was awesome. Uh, I got his thoughts on Halloween. I got his thoughts on how much he enjoys playing against bad tackles. Like, did he see something in the Marshall tackle that knew that he knew he was going to have five sacks? I, I also want to know if he's a trash talker. I ask that question a lot. Uh, or if he's a silent assassin type who just does his work in quiet. You know, you don't even realize he's there. 
So my interview with Jalen Green's coming up next segment. Um, but yeah, as I said, today is just a lot of news and notes. I do want to get into some college football. Today, the uh, college football rankings are going to be released. I'll be interested to see what comes out. There's also some more news regarding this Michigan thing, which I think is just absolutely ridiculous. I think it's just people piling on because they don't like Michigan. Uh, I want to get into a little bit of the NFL stuff. I want to get into, we never talked about yesterday, this NIT garbage that the NCAA released about the NIT where the conference champions do not have an automatic bid into the NIT. I think that's absolute trash because the teams that they're going to let in are not interested in being in the NIT. And so I, I, I never got a chance to, to kind of crush everything about it, but that was some ridiculous news that came out over the weekend. Absolutely ridiculous news. And so uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about that yesterday. Plus, if we have time, we may not have time today, Bill Connolly, the guy who came out with the list of all 650 or 80 teams in college football, he did it again. So we'll update you on um, where all of our state schools are on his list of the top 760 teams. We'll do that as well. So as I said, there's a lot to get into. But we start things off with the trade deadline. I said it yesterday. I said it last week. I said, you know what? The commanders need to trade one of Montez Sweat and Chase Young and Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. And this morning, as we all got up, there was the trade that came through, Montez Sweat going to the Chicago Bears for a second-round draft pick. Now, I don't love the Montez Sweat deal for Chicago. I think that's kind of stupid. Montez, Chicago's going to have over $100 million in cap space in the offseason. They could have just gotten Montez Sweat in the offseason, not trade a second-round draft pick, and um, just got him as a free agent. Like The commanders weren't going to bring him back, most likely. They probably weren't going to afford to do it. But if I'm the commanders, I'm happy about a second-round draft pick for Montez Sweat. Uh, you know, look, that's that's a pretty nice deal considering the tra- the word was Atlanta was going to give them a third. So getting a second-round pick, and it's going to be a decent one. Obviously, the Bears aren't very good. Uh, so it's going to be not a bad pick. So I, I, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, a lot of the Commanders fans were, were sitting there like, all right, my organization actually did something smart for once. They saw that we probably weren't going to make the playoffs, even though I said they possibly could. And they decided to cash in on a guy they probably were not going to bring back or were going to franchise tag, and we've already done that route, and it's been terrible, and the commanders have sh- have sure done it wrong. So then I would say about 30, 35 minutes ago, the reports came out once again. The Washington Commanders have traded Chase Young for a third-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers, who will be in Washington, D.C. in January, I want to say. So that means the return of Trent Williams, Trent Williams and Chase Young, and it's a conditional third based off of the physical. Now I haven't seen what the conditions yet are. So um, I, I look, I would have done one. They did both. Now I'll be very interested to see what this means with regards to the other free agents that this team has in the offseason and what this kind of means for the direction because they've kind of gone the other direction now. They went from having a lot at the position of defensive end to not exactly having a lot. I'm trying to pull up. There was a tweet from Adam Schefter. Here it is. The defensive ends now are Casey Tuhill, James Smith Williams, F.A. Obada, Andre Jones Jr., and KJ Henry. Which aren't terrible. But you go from having one of the best defensive lines in football to all of a sudden um, having no defensive line, essentially. And um, look, I, I get it. 
it sends a bad message, but it also sends the same message this team has sent all season. Like, as I've said, and we're not going to do this again because some of you are tired. You're tired of hearing me say the same thing. But, like, this this offense, this ownership group has basically said this will be a gap year. We are playing for 2024. And so, by playing for 2024 and trading those two guys away, you have shown once again to the fan base you are playing for 2024. And... I would not be surprised now if every home game the rest of the season, there are going to be a lot of fans for the opposition. Because at some point, the fans are going to realize that like the team is not doing them any favors. There are no favors being done. There is no light at the end of the tunnel as far as this ownership group comes. If you asked Josh Harris, he'd be like, I want them to lose. I want a high draft pick. Their home games left are the Giants, the Dolphins, the Niners, and the Cowboys. Be ready for invasions by all four groups. All four of them. And you know why? Because Josh Harris is happy to get the money, and Josh Harris says this season essentially doesn't happen. And you know, it's funny. I mean, Ron Rivera won't do this, but if I'm Ron Rivera, I quit. Be like, look, you. this, this season was great. Cursed from the start. You didn't want to keep me past this year. You're trading all my people. You're bringing in a great OC who doesn't fit our offense, so you can use all this stuff against me. Like, if I was Ron Rivera, I'd see the writing on the wall and be like, you're not going to fire me. I'm quitting. But he won't do that. Because no one does that sort of thing. Just in case you were wondering, so the 2024 free agents that the commanders have this offseason, um, Curtis Samuel, who I'm guessing they're going to bring back for less than the $11.5 million he makes this year. Kendall Fuller, who makes $10 million a year. I mean, he's okay. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, he's not coming back for the $8 million. Uh, Cody Barton, who they like, he's 26. He's at $3.5 million. Cornelius Lucas, Kalik Hudson, Tyler Larson, Antonio Gibson, Sadiq Charles. So, like, there's some Cam Curl. Um, so there are some decent free agents this team's going to have to sign in the offseason. They made things slightly easier by getting rid of Chase Young and by getting rid of Montez Sweat. So I, I feel bad for the Commanders fans. I do, and I could say that now. The two games against the Eagles are done, so there's going to be no interaction between the two teams the rest of the year. But I feel bad for the Commanders fans the rest of the year who now have to put up with this team, basically, who is actively selling off. And you have to have faith that they put in a proper front office to use the second and third round picks properly. Like, it's nice that you have these draft capital. It's like all those years we heard from the Boston Celtics. They're like, yeah, we got all this draft capital. We're going to become this great team. And they have great players in place, and they have zero titles to show for it. You know, we're hearing about the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have like 18 first round draft picks the next five years. Like, it's all well and good to have all this draft capital, but if you don't use it properly, it doesn't matter. So the commanders now have these two extra picks they got today, but if you don't use it, it doesn't matter. So we'll see. But Chase Young is in San Francisco and Montez Sweat is in Chicago. Uh, other trades, real quick Josh Dobbs goes from the Cardinals to the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings received Josh Dobbs and a 2024 seventh for a six-round draft pick. So that was a trade made earlier today. I mean, Josh Dobbs might be as good as Kirk Cousins. I know. I take a lot of shots at Kirk Cousins, but the guy's made millions of dollars for being essentially a nobody and a nothing. Um, also, just coming down, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, the wide receiver out of Cleveland, has been traded to the Lions for a sixth-round draft pick in 2025. And then there was an offensive lineman traded from Minnesota to Jacksonville 
uh, in the NFL. So those are some of the trades that have happened so far during the trade deadline. It will happen in one hour. Uh, the deadline will be over. We will tell you if there's anything else that comes out about it, but that is the uh, trade uh, that we've seen so far in the NFL. Dante Adams is still a Raider. Devontae Adams is still a Raider, and they've said they have no interest in trading him. It's much like they have no interest in throwing the ball to him either. That and I don't know, like... This is the problem I had with the Commanders when they wouldn't throw the ball to Terry McLaurin. It's almost like they forgot they have a number one receiver. Devontae Adams yesterday had one catch for 11 yards, and he slammed his helmet down and looks very frustrated for what it is. He, You almost wish he stayed in Green Bay, or he went to, the, to New York with Aaron Rodgers. Stays with the Raiders. And he had one catch yesterday for 11 yards. But yeah, I don't see him getting traded. Uh, he had seven. He had seven targets, but he had one catch, mostly because Jimmy G is not very good. Uh, but the Lions get the win yesterday, 26 to 14. Still move on the Survivor Pool. Still alive in the old Survivor Pool. All right, let's take a timeout. Coming up. Uh, I mean, look, anytime James Madison gets a sack, you just assume it's Jalen Green. He is the sack leader for the country, whether or not the NCAA will list him like that. He's got over 15 sacks and several games left to go. They've got a road trip down to Atlanta to take on Georgia State on ESPN2 uh, coming up on Saturday. We had a chance to catch up with Jalen Green earlier today. That interview's next, 1061 ESPN. Boys all season is 1061 ESPN. Brought to you by Arthur's Electric and Park and Go. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph here on a very happy Halloween. And a guy who terrorizes his opponents wherever he lines up on defense. Uh, Joining us now from James Madison as they get set for Georgia State Saturday down in Atlanta on ESPN2. Joining us now is Jalen Green. Jalen, how's it going? Going well. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Jalen. Before we get to the football stuff, what are you doing for Halloween tonight? Are you dressing up? Um, no, I'm not doing any dressing up. Got practice later, you know, and I get home, eating dinner, watching film, <clears throat> getting ready for a big one Saturday. Did you have you ever been a big fan of Halloween? What's the best costume you've ever worn? Um, the best costume I've ever worn. Yeah, I, I used to be a big Halloween kid. Um I used to be big on Spider Man over the years, became a Batman guy. Um last year I whipped out the Batman costume, so let's just say Batman. Uh, last Halloween question. Uh, what's your favorite candy? What's the candy you always wanted in your trick or treat bag? There's like these, this, this, this like newer candy, like these like nerd, um, like chewy gummy gummy things. Those those things are fire, and if you haven't had them, check them out. Uh, well, certainly you've been uh, feasting on quarterbacks as of late. Uh, two and a half sacks against Old Dominion. What has been clicking for you so far this season with regards to the sacks? I mean, you've been you've had one in every game except the uh, the opener. Um, yeah, I think you know it's really just been you know preparation. You know, just working hard throughout the week as far as you know film study. You know, knowing your opponent. You know, just focusing on you know certain rushes, pass rush wins that you know you know that your opponent, you know, struggles with and, you know, just kind of, you know, just, you know, being out there active and, you know, constant hustle and effort. Was this something you focused on during the off season? Because obviously last year you only had two and a half sacks and now you already have 15 and a half with, uh, with several games still left to go. Right. Um, you know, I think another thing that was just key and the difference in my success in this year and these past years is just, 
Um, me having more opportunities out there to make plays, you know, my role has expanded in in the team in the defense. So, you know, just me being out there more allows me, you know, to make plays. Obviously, I, I, you don't have to tell me how many it is, but like, how many moves would you say you have in your bag? Like, wh- you know, did, are there certain situations where you're like, all right, I'm going to go to this, I'm going to go to this? How many moves would you say you have? That's a unique question. As far as like a number on it, I can't really. I can't really put a number on it. You know, I like to look at it as, you know, I, am I edge rushing? You know, am I trying to win outside? Um, am I trying to counter move? You know, is it a two-step counter? Is it a four-step counter? Um, you know, I try to just categorize it in the different types of rushes. And then, um, you know, as I'm going throughout the game, I'm kind of just keeping a mental checklist of what I've been hitting, you know, what I've been using. And, and obviously it's a game and me just trying to set my opponent up to keep him keep them guessing, and, um, you know, I think I've just been doing a good job of that. Is there a situation where, like, you watch the film during the week and you're like, oh, this guy's toast. I'm going to kill him with this every single time. Because, obviously, you know, you had five sacks against Marshall. Clearly there was something in the film that you saw. So is there something as you go along during the week where you're like, oh, man, this this matchup, I'm going to destroy this guy? Um, Yeah, and then, you know, sometimes during the game, um, our coach, you know, he loves to say we're coaching it up all the way up until kickoff, through kickoff, until the end of the game. And, you know, so that just means we're on, making adjustments on the fly. You know, if there's something we see on the sideline, you know, we're communicating it. And, you know, he, he is present in, you know, helping us and helping us figure out, you know, what moves we should work. So, um, you know, I just think, uh, um, you know, sometimes even if I don't catch it on film, you know, on game day or during the game, you know, I can just get a feel and, you know, just, you know, just – just feel like I'm in my groove. How much pride do you guys take in being the number one rush defense in America? Um, a lot of pride in that. Um, that's a part of our recipe for success. You know, um, what allows us to get after quarterbacks and, you know, put pressure on quarterbacks is stopping the run, putting teams in situations where they, we know they have to pass the ball, and it's no secret that they have to pass the ball. And, um, you know, it starts with stopping the run. So, you know, yeah, we definitely pride ourselves on that. What did ODU do? They seemingly had the most success of anybody this season against the uh, on the run against you guys. What did ODU do that gave you guys at least a little bit of trouble uh, in the middle of the game? Um, they certainly came prepared with a good scheme. Um, they had some formations that at times presented us to be in lighter boxes than you know we're accustomed to, and then as well as that um, uh, aspect of their offense that you know. They were really good at and kind of the best that we probably had seen was just their tempo. You know, their pace, lining up, getting ready for the next play was really fast. And, um, you know, and later on in the game it did, you know, hurt us a bit. But moving forward, you know, that's just, you know, fatigue, you know. That's just something we got to keep working on throughout the week to help eliminate that as much as possible. But they um, came in with a good game plan and stuck with it. And, you know, towards the end of the game, you know, they started, you know, gashing us a little bit. Uh, talking with Jay. Alan Green of James Madison. They're getting set to play uh, at Georgia State on Saturday. What does all this exposure mean for you guys? Obviously, last week, ESPNU, you've played on ESPN. You're on ESPN2 this week. You were on the NFL Network. What do you think this extra exposure is doing for the program? Um, You know, it's got to be great, you know, just getting out there. You know, got to be great for the brand as far as just marketing and, you know, more people are tuning in, watching the games, and uh, as well as the players, you know, it's just a lot of recognition and, you know, it's kind of cool. You know, it's cool being, especially, you know, me being here, you know, being a senior, 
I've been here at our times when we were FCS and, you know, we were on Flow Sports. I'm sure you don't even know what that is. Um, and, you know, it wasn't that easy for family members to catch games. Now, you know, I'm getting texts after the games from everyone watching because, you know, they're just turning it on right on TV. It's really nice. Has motivation ever been an issue for you or for the team? Obviously, you know, look, you guys have dealt with a lot. The CAA stuff, that was disappointing at the end of your time in the FCS. Now, now you jump up to FBS but are unable to make a bowl game unless there's not enough teams to fill the bowl slots. Was there ever a time that you questioned your, you know, motivation without the postseason ahead of you guys? Um, see, that's a great question. And I think, you know, you mentioned us not being eligible to play for a bowl game or you know, any postseason or whatnot. I think, you know, that really just goes to show the character and the type of guys that is on the team, you know. We all knew what we signed up for. You know, obviously, we, you know, would hope that winning would, you know, give us the best chance or some, some change or things to be, you know, override whatnot. But um, really, you know, I think, you know, there's just a genuine care, a genuine love for each other. And, you know, we just love playing football with each other. So, you know, as far as, you know, motivation goes, you know, we're we love playing ball. Um, there being no postseason or no conference game doesn't affect that at all. You know, we just love to it up with each other, you know. And I just, you know, really think that just speaks about the players and the culture that um, at James Madison. It feels like you guys could also take it personally. You know, at times last year it felt like, you know, look, we were going to win that Sunbelt division, and while we can't wave a flag or say anything in public, like we know we were the ones who won that division. It feels like you guys can also take it a little bit on the personal side and use it as a chip on your shoulder. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think there's a lot of, first of all, just I think there's a lot of guys on the roster who, you know, I mean, in recruitment, overlooked, you know, I mean, perfect example, James Carpenter, guy who plays down in that front with me, you know, he was a walk-on, you know, a guy who completely earned it. And, you know, it's just a lot of guys on the team with that that natural chip on your shoulder. So, you know, putting an even bigger chip on your shoulder, you know, just kind of helps, helps it, you know. I mean, I just think that's just the kind of guys we got. We hear the cliche a lot in football, iron sharpens iron. How much – does it help your defense to go up against this offense every day in practice? It, um, it, you know, it's funny you say that. Me and uh, Mikhail Kamara were just literally having the same conversation yesterday at workouts. You know, we were just like, man, our offensive line is so good. And, um, you know, they do a good job of just, you know, in camp. They make it real competitive and, you know, do their due diligence studying us. And, you know, it's, it's real it, – it's like a – you know, like a warm-up for the season, what you're going to do each week, you know, preparing for, you know, what you're going to do. But that O-line, you know, that five returning starters, you know, you know, they're really well coached up, you know, got some really good talent, a lot of chemistry, and, you know, they, they love each other. And I think, you know, that's another aspect that, <clears throat> that maybe doesn't get mentioned enough, but, you know, does – play a huge role. Now, I got to ask you, in game, are you a trash talker? Like, are you telling the tackle that you're going to, you know, kick his ass like you're about to go past him? Or are you uh, one of these quiet assassin types? I've been trying to get into the more, you know, quiet assassin type of vibe. But, you know, it really just depends on the game. If I'm fired up, I'm fired up. And, you know, I mean, I might say some things, but that's just me out there playing with passion, energy. You know, I'm just used up if I am. You know, talking trash, but I try to. I try not to, but sometimes I do. 
All right, so you got Georgia State this weekend. It's going to be a quiet atmosphere. You're playing in, a, in an old baseball stadium. What have you seen so far in film from Georgia State? Um, they're, you know, they got a talented offense, you know, some playmakers on the perimeter, good running back, quarterback who's a good dual-threat quarterback. Um, a lot of some, Not a lot of guys, but, you know, a, a, quite a few of guys from the same team we played last year. Um, offensive scheme is a little bit different, and um, – you know, it'll be it'll certainly be a challenge. You know, they're a good good football team. They're you know feeling really good about themselves, and you know we're you know as we keep winning, you know we're coaches are just telling us you know we're gonna keep getting everyone's best shot. You know, no one's gonna just lay down and uh you know just get you know lay down and give us a win. Nothing's just gonna come to us. You know, so and we know that, and um you know that we expect this to be a hard one, but you know. These are the games you you were excited as a player to play, excited to prepare for. So, you know, let's do it. How do you generate energy when there's not in the stands? Obviously in road games, some people love that excitement that the fans are cheering against them. There may not be as much of a crowd here for this game. How do you kind of generate the energy and excitement if the crowd's not giving it to you? Uh, that's a tough question, but honestly, I, I, I try to I try to – me personally, I try to – like you know, blank out the crowd anyway, especially on the road. You know, I we we've been in some crazy hostile environments over the years, and you know, honestly, there's not much we haven't been exposed to. But um, you know, if there's no crowd, then you know that just allows us to focus on the mission. And um, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, motivation isn't hard for us to come up with. So you know, hey, there being no crowd sounds good to me. You know, less of a distraction for us. Last one for you. Do you have a preferred kickoff time? You guys have played at eight, at seven, at noon, at yes, six. Yes. This is a three thirty kickoff. Do you have a preferred time? I love 12, 12, 12 p uh, the twelve p.m. the noon games. Like getting 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 it up early, getting it done right away, and then being able to go home. And you know, I I got old teammates and old friends that play all over and. Now, I love to catch their games, too, so, you know, if we can handle business, get it done early, and then I can go home and watch some of the good games, good matchups, watch some of these other players play, um, you know, that's always ideal for me. So, 12 o'clock, I love it. I'm not surpri- I'm sure you're not surprised at how well Isaac's doing in the SEC, are you? Nah, he's a great player, but also a great person, you know. You know, really happy for him, and hope his success really continues. Well, Jalen, I hope your success continues, especially Saturday, 3.30 at Georgia State. Thanks for uh, giving us some time here in Richmond. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you, Jalen. That was from earlier today. Uh, Jalen also just took home the first Walter Camp FBS National Weekly, uh, National Weekly Honor Defensive Player of the Week. Three tackles for losses, two and a half sacks uh, last week in the win. And... Um, I it's funny. Do I think they're going to actually go undefeated? I I think so, but I, I this is the week that I'm kind of worried about the most. The, this one because coming off the Royal Rivalry, it is a somewhat sleepy atmosphere down in Atlanta. Georgia State is pretty good. Um, this would be the game that I would wear if they get past this one. They're not, they're not losing the UConn the week after. They've got Appalachian State and then they've got Coastal Carolina, and both of those teams are heavily flawed. Um, this is the game this weekend that I think they have the. 
best chance at losing, and maybe they just won't lose. And so we'll see. But if you were to ask me which of the games that were left do I think they have a chance at losing, it would be this weekend. That's the one that scares me the most. They're about five-and-a-half-point favorite, though, on the road. It is something interesting to see them being such a large road favorite. Uh, Georgia State is a pretty solid football team. Pretty solid. And um, they are coming off the the Thursday night loss at Georgia Southern back on the 26th. So they've had a little extra time to prepare for this one. But that's given them a chance to be like, oh, my God, JMU's pretty good. We could be in trouble in this one. So Georgia State and uh, James Madison coming up this weekend down in Atlanta. All right, let's take a timeout. Coming up, I've always said that coaches' shows when it comes to football, basketball, whatever, like I, I think coaches' shows relatively are stupid. I don't think they necessarily produce a lot of great content, and I think that you either have decide to get the fans involved or not. Um Clemson might not get their fans involved anymore. There was a funny, I mean, I think it's funny because I don't like Dabo. There was a funny phone call during Dabo's uh, coaches show yesterday. Uh, It's going around the internet. We'll play a snippet of that. And uh, we'll get into some other news and notes. College football playoff rankings are coming out tonight as well. So certainly we can get into that as we take you up to 4 o'clock. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN. Richmond Spiders, well, you've got them. 1061 ESPN is your exclusive radio home for all things Spiders athletics in the River City all year long. So, Phantom of the Opera is very underrated. And, you know, I obviously there's still two more opportunities to play songs, but I feel like that is a very well-known... There's a very well-known thing right there. Like, da-da-da-da-da. I mean, it's very well-known. I think I associate it with Halloween. It's the problem with only having one hour and only four attempts at songs, and the last song is one that we just play underneath the whole time. So, like, you got to pick the right things. Um, I wanted to play I Put a Spell on You by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Uh, I think that's a pretty solid song. Um... Time Warp. I love Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, I know these are all the cliche ones. This is Halloween from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. We went with Phantom of the Opera. I like it. It's underrated. Uh, 3270-888. That is the phone number. That is the text line. We'll get to the uh, Dabo cut. Dabo went on a five-minute rant today during or yesterday during his coach's show um, because a caller who some are questioning whether or not he was a plant... That's the conspiracy going around the internet. Um, But Dabo had a five-minute rant. We're going to play you a snippet of that in just a moment. But it's also a happy day, and I know that our next caller wants to touch on this. It's also a happy day because I woke up this morning to the greatest news that James Harden is no longer a Sixer. Congratulations. You could have given the Sixers, I don't know, like a stocking. You could have given us a sleeve of basketballs, and I would have been happy to see James Harden go. And not only did we get more than that, we got something decent. So now I'm kind of like back into it uh, as they start the season two and one. James Harden is now a Clipper. Let the people in Los Angeles who probably don't care about the Clippers very much, let them take care of it. And so I'm sure our uh, next caller uh, is just as happy as I am. Bruce, what's going on? Hey, Matt, I'm, I'm elated, man. I'm elated. You know, Matt, I, I, I want to give you big props because you and others, upon the trade, for Simmons, you and others 
said, this is not a good move. And so, you know, I was drinking the Kool-Aid, if you will. And, uh, and yeah, it, it's just been a bunch of controversy behind James. Uh, I will say to that end, uh, I'm extremely elated about the, the pick that, that Philly was able to negotiate. And whether it be through OKC or whether it be through the Clippers, I like the picks that Philly has gotten uh, with the trade. I think the Covington move, uh, who was a big fan favorite in Philly when he was there earlier, I think that may help with length covering, you know, a Jason Tatum or, you know, dare I say, a, a freak freak or, or someone with length. I think that's going to help Philly. But uh, I, I'm, I, I feel good. From where we are, and I mean Tyrese Maxey has just lit it up. If you've not watched the first three Philadelphia games or had a chance, he's the NBA Player of the Week. It's the young Tyrese Maxey. So uh, just, I think we're off to a good start. One point loss in Philly, even though this last bucket was a, a, a hail mary, but we lost one point to Milwaukee, and then we've done our work in the other two games. So. Last year we got out to a slow start. This year we seem to have picked up the tempo, and I like the style of Nick Nurse coaching. And I'm going to leave you with this, Matt. I had made the call. Philly will win the in-game play-in tournament in Vegas next week and watch out for us to go to win the chip in 2024. Thank you. All right, Bruce. I'll mark it down. He said it last year. Last year it was New Orleans and Philly, and that didn't work out. While I say I'm back in on the Sixers, like I know what's coming, a second-round loss, and maybe a first-round loss. I don't know. Like I'm not all the way in, but I'm at least that was one of the things that kept me out was James Harden. Um, it's just a crazy thing. Like People want James Harden on their team. Uh, somebody said um, he's like a cruise James Harden's like a cruise because you're, the best two days are the day you get him and you start the cruise and the day you leave the cruise and when you trade him away. That's true. Most people other than me were very excited. Bruce was excited when we traded for him. I hated it. I wanted Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. And now... That would have been great. That would have been great. They would have also given up one less first-round draft pick for those two. But instead... Daryl Morey had a man crush on James Harden and spent more to get him. And so now we're picking up the pieces from that. It will ne never happen, but I would give away 10 years of possible Laker championships if Ben Simmons would also go to the Clippers and I could watch that team together play horribly all year long. It would be interesting. Uh, Ben's playing well so far. Um, I, I mean, the thing is that Paul George is not going to stay healthy and Kawhi is not going to stay healthy, so it doesn't really matter. That it's nice that everybody's like, oh, you know, the four of them together, it's going to be great. And it's like, yeah, guess what? Half of them are going to be injured by the time the, the season hits midpoint. Only one of them will be playing in their second round loss this year. Mark yes. my words. Exactly. Uh, one quick trade update as we get closer to the 4 o'clock trade deadline. The Packers have sent Rasul Douglas to the Bills. It is a third to the Packers for Rasul Douglas and a fifth. 
So that is a trade that's out there. And Jalen Johnson, the wider, uh, the cornerback from Chicago that was available, it looks like he's going to stay in Chicago. They have not gotten offers that they like. There are still 17 minutes till the trade deadline. Of course, we all know that slightly after the trade deadline, things can still get announced. Who knows? Maybe the commanders make another trade. Uh, who knows? All right, so I, I don't love coaches shows i think for the most part you know you could do what a coach's show accomplishes by just doing like a 10 minute video on a twitter account or an instagram account or whatever and just have someone like bob interview coach houston or coach mooney and that's it like not involving the fans or anything i i get it you you have an opportunity when your team is good you go to a local establishment uh, like the brass tap or you go to some place and you go and you allow the fans to interact with the coaches um, the problem is that works out well when your team is good. But when your team stinks, like Clemson does right now, things like this happen. So yesterday, during the coaches' show, a guy named Tyler from Spartanburg basically calls up and criticizes Dabo and talks about how he's getting paid too much. And basically, just there, his call was about a minute and 30 seconds, which, by the way, as a screener, you're supposed to be careful for this sort of thing. You're supposed to ask, like, hey, what do you want to talk about? And try and help out so that way you can prevent something like this happening. Then Dabo, after this, goes on a five-minute rant. Bad radio uh, form to play all five minutes because you might want to tune out. So we cut it down to about a minute and 30 seconds of Dabo's retort to, and I'm using quotation marks Tyler from Spartanburg take a listen if I have been a part of failure many times but there ain't one thing in my life that I've ever failed at Tyler never all right ever I wanted to get an education I got two degrees I wanted to be the first college of my graduate with my family I did it I wanted to go play football in Alabama I earned a scholarship letter three years work my ass off won a national championship I wanted to get into coaching I worked my way to being a head coach. And when I got this job, and I'm sure you didn't want me to get this job, all right, and 15 years later I'm still here, and I'd say the results are what they are, and I stand on them. So you don't ever have to call back. I, I, I wanted to get married. I've been married for going on 30 years. I wanted to be a father. I've raised three great sons. If you don't like how I run the program, don't be a fan. I don't care. But I'm the head coach, and I'm going to do what I believe is right for the long term of this program, what's best for the players, and what I think's best for the moment. If you got a problem with that, that's fine. But you're not I'm not gonna sit you sit here and let you call. I don't give a crap how much money I make. You ain't gonna talk to me like I'm like I'm twelve years old. <laughs> you're not gonna talk to him like he's twelve years old. So the internet, of course, because we can't like look things in the face value, the internet thinks he was a plant by Dabo to let him be fiery and to unite the team against the haters. Or it's an audition for Undisputed next year. He'll be a host. Could be. Uh, could be. But apparently, like some of, as part of his five-minute rant, he had statistics that just came off the top of his head, almost like he saw this coming. And so the internet thinks that Tyler from Spartanburg was a plant. And so Dabo walks into his press conference today with the local media and says, Happy Halloween, and says, What are you going as a costume? And one of the reporters says, Tyler from Spartanburg, and they all laughed. And so, like, that was pretty funny. Um, the latest news here from the Michigan disaster story, like, I just, to me now, like, Here's the problem with this story is now everybody's jumping in with every little sort of thing, and it's almost now going in the other direction. Like, it's too much. 
the latest story that we're quote unquote looking into Central Michigan is looking into whether or not Connor Stallions was on its sideline in CMU gear and glasses during its game against Michigan State. And there's a guy from, hey, Ohio State message board who took a picture of Connor Stallions and put it on top of this picture because obviously Ohio State fans are jealous that Michigan's better right now. And I just think I think this story is ridiculous. I just think this is ridiculous. I think the guy did some things wrong. I think that now we are just going to try and pin him. I'm surprised we haven't had a picture of him on the grassy knoll yet. Like, hey, he was there. He killed Kennedy. Like, he did it in Michigan gear. Whatever. Like, I'm just, we're doing all these things. And this is the problem with the internet. And this is the problem with social media is that now we are going the other direction. And now we don't know what's real because people are going too far with this whole thing. Like now somebody has a video with uh, with somebody that looks like him on the sideline. And then there are other people who are saying, yeah, that's an SCMU assistant. He probably did something. He should get punished for it. The school should get a slap on the wrist. But like this is, if they, here's what, you want to give them the death penalty? If they need to steal the signs from either this year's Central Michigan or Michigan State teams, then yes, I give them the death. Michigan could know, you could tell Michigan State what play is coming for Michigan and they'd still probably win the game because that's how bad Michigan, uh, Michigan State is and Central Michigan. Like you don't need to steal signs from bad teams. That's like them going to a game against uh, in an exhibition being like, well, we're playing this team in an exhibition game. We don't want to lose, so we're going to go steal their signs. So I think this story is getting ridiculous, and I don't think he was on the sidelines in Central Michigan gear uh, stealing signs from, from Michigan State. Stop already. Let's just, let's just use some common sense. Common Sense also says, I need to take a break as we head towards the top of the hour. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN. Running off the right way. The Royal Way. Jamie King is live weekday morning 7 to 8 to kick off a full day of sports analysis. Here on 106.1 ESPN Richmond. Another solid song from the uh, Halloween era. I love this one. The Rockwell. Uh, Rockwell, excuse me. And... Um, Real quick, the college football rankings are coming out tonight. I can't imagine it's anything other than something with Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State. I can't imagine. For Washington, will be fifth. Oregon will be sixth. And the only way that somebody will something will change is if they want to go with controversy because I still maintain sometimes they come out with these things so people will talk about it. But there's no reason to. Georgia's number one. Michigan's number two. Ohio State's number three. Florida State's number four. Very simple. No need for controversy. No need for anything of the sort. So that's what we'll see tomorrow, tonight. If anything else, then it's just the the college football playoff committee trying to get some attention, uh, which they that's what they don't need. College football's in a good place right now. Uh, that's a really solid playoff if that's what it's going to be. Three two seven zero eight eight eight. As we uh, get set to uh, end the show here, and. Um, I want to thank our guest, Jalen Green. If you ever miss an interview, go to our website, ESPNRichmond.com. You can find them there. And uh, the uh, interview with Jalen Green was awesome. He's awesome. And uh, JMU's awesome. So that's uh, that's exciting. Coming up tomorrow on the show, we'll talk to Neil Quinn. We'll take a break from Spider Football. We'll do some Spider Basketball on the show. And uh, we got some other stuff planned uh, for tomorrow's show as well as we get you set for the weekend ahead. We are taping an interview with a VCU player tomorrow that we will 
will air on Thursday uh, as we get closer to the college basketball season. I like to be honest, so I'm telling you now, we are taping an interview with a VCU player for the show on Thursday. Thanks to AJ for all of his hard work. Hopefully everybody has a wonderful, stupendous, and super Halloween. Please take your kids trick-or-treating. You're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Uh, back tomorrow from 3 until 4, you're listening to 106.1 ESPN.